Hello. Um, today I am with Jolene Ballard, and she's going to be talking about her experience with bilateral posterior lenticonus. Um, how are you today? I'm good, Kishish. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being. Um, thank you for letting me talk to you and get a little bit more about your experience. Um, yes, I'm so excited to be on. <laughs> yes. Okay. So first things first. Um, I'm just gonna give a little bit of background of what I found information on this condition, and then we'll talk about a little bit about your experience with it and go from there. So um, I did a little bit of research of it, and honestly, I could not find that many articles about it. It seems like to be very rare. I could I found one article, and honestly, I could just find five case studies where it was um, where we saw some families having this condition. So basically what this is, um, is a is um so the sentence of this of this syndrome is going to be deteriorated visual acuity and congenital cataracts. Um, the most family that has been affected by this um is seven members that's known to in literature at least, and um it occurs in one to four of approximately one hundred thousand children and is mostly unilateral. Unilateral. So Jolene' experience is bilateral, but in most cases it is unilateral. Um. It's commonly associated with an underlying genetic cause, um, but the exact this exact inheritance is still unknown. Some people say it's inherited as an autosomal dominant autosomal dominant condition or an X-linked condition. So it kind of varies, and people are still kind of throwing that out here. And then it's usually subsporadic, so um, it, the uh, the pathogenesis of it is still unknown. And there again, there are reports of familial cases, but um, a lot of literature said that this could possibly be X-linked. So that was kind of a short summary of what I researched. Um, is there anything that you would like to add? Just kind of this, the basic knowledge that um, of the condition that you kind of want to say? Um, no, I think I'll get more into it whenever we get to the questions. Um, so I think we're good for now. Okay. Perfect. Okay, so my first question for you is, when did you first figure out about this diagnosis? Um, so my dad actually had it. I actually, it's a genetic condition, so I inherited it from him. Um, and so doctors were actually watching for it when each of my sibling, older siblings were born. Um, they didn't see it in my first two sisters. Um, but then when my older brother was born, they noticed it in him at three months. And so after that, they were um, definitely checking for it with me and my younger brother. Um, and so I got it. And then my little brother also got it. So in total, it was three out of five of us to um, get the inherited condition. So when you said that um, your dad had it, is um, did his dad have it as well? Yeah, his dad actually had it, and um, one of his half-siblings half had it, um, his sister, and then another one of his half-siblings also has it, and it's a boy. Um, and I say that talking about the genders because I think that, um, well, after doing further research, after we got the surgery and stuff, and just because I have it now, um, we're kind of seeing a little bit of a pattern with more males having it, being that both of my brothers got it. Um, I was the only girl in my immediate family to get it. Um, but my dad inherited from inherited it from his dad and then also his half brother 
um, and his half sister. So it does seem to be a little bit more prominent in males. I'm not sure if that is like, if that's a hundred percent, like what the inheritance rate is going to be for them. But um, it's just something that I've noticed and wanted to note um, when I got on here. Cause I know we've talked about it briefly before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I looked up some mode of inheritance for this condition. And again, with the little research, it's kind of, it's not exactly proven to see what exactly it is, but um, it has, it has seemed to be kind of a dominant mode of inheritance in some families, but also um, possibly X-linked as well, which I think might be the case in your family. As you said, most of the males have it and it got kind of passed down. Did you say you were the only girl in your family or did you say your dad had a half sister? Sorry. My dad's half sister also had it. Um, initially, I didn't know that she did. Um, but after I talked to my mom some more about it, I guess she did have it. So other than the two of us, we're the only girls to get it. Um, my older two sisters didn't get it. And then um, another one of my dad's half siblings, who's a woman, she didn't get um, the condition either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's there kind of differences in severity within the family members um I know that you said you said about five of your family members have it but um do you think any of these family members were a little bit more impacted by this condition um honestly it was a little bit harder um with my younger brother because he was so young right around the time that we were all getting the surgery um that hit, I don't know I think his he might have been impacted a little bit more from it I don't know why I think it might have been because he was so young and had the surgery so young that his eyes were still um developing like immensely and like that was kind of in his prime of his eyes developing um whereas my little whereas my older brother and I we were a little bit older we were still young but um I don't think it it affected us as much as it did and has for my little brother Mm -hmm. can you kind of walk me through how you first did when you got this diagnosis from a medical standpoint do you think that you were able to kind of get the medical attention you needed um from providers whether it be doctor um and nurse i don't think you have you seen a genetic counselor before for this or has Um, uh, i haven't seen a genetic counselor before i actually just did um a study through, I think it's, it's the University of Cincinnati. Um, and I was telling them about my genetic condition. So we're hoping to get a little bit more information on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as um, initial treatments, when we were younger, since it is such a rare condition, um, doctors were kind of just playing like the runaround game with my parents. And um, it was actually my mom was telling me that it was a little frustrating because there wasn't much that they knew that they could do. And they didn't really think that there was a treatment for it. And it was going to be something that we could just live with. But um, they were able to find a surgery for it. So then once that happened, then we did start to get it, get it getting a little bit more attention for um, how to treat it and what to do. But I think initially um, my mom was saying that like there was doctors who were just like making up things. To, I mean, obviously they weren't making it mm-hmm. up, but like they were there was like a doctor who was dilating our eyes like every three days. Um, and we were like so young, like three, four years old and um, glasses weren't helping. So it was kind of my mom was very frustrated with the process that we had. But unfortunately, there just wasn't enough information for doctors to 
that doctors had in order to like take those further steps. Um, I think eventually we were able to find an ophthalmologist or op, op, sorry, ophthalmologist um, that was in Kentucky and he did my dad's surgery, but he um, didn't want to work on kids. He didn't do pediatric care or anything like that. Um, so it was kind of hard to get him to kind of get on board with doing our surgery um, because we were so young and our eyes were still developing. But um, I think in the end, it ended up working out because he did our surgery and everything went smoothly from there. Um, but that's kind of really how our experience went um, initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, I know that you said that you and your siblings kind of got this diagnosis in your younger years. Um, did your parents as well get this whenever they were younger, or was this a little bit older for them as well? Um, I think my dad was a little older. He had his surgery um, probably in his later 20s, early 30s when when we were first born. Um, so he was actually able to go to the Cleveland Clinic for that. Um and his experience was completely different than ours. And I don't really want to speak to his experience because I'm not quite sure um, how that all went down. Um, but I do know that he wasn't diagnosed with it until his later years um, of living. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, again, with going to the year getting diagnosed in younger years, kind of how did this affect your way of life? Um, I know you said you're about three or four, but going through middle school and high school, um, did this kind of play any part in your day-to-day activities, sports, et cetera, anything along those lines? I'm sure it, it obviously impacted it, but how did, how did it impact it? Yeah, so when I was in elementary school, um, we were getting, like, this was when we were still going through the process of, like, what to do next, and can we get a doctor that can help us, like, can glasses still help, and glasses weren't helping, so naturally, I couldn't see, like, the board in class if I was, like, sitting far away, um, and even, like, in those prime younger years, um, I think it definitely slowed my reading development, and, like, my mom would have to, like, I would do nightly reading in elementary school and my mom would have to read the books to me. So I definitely think that it's definitely played a role on my reading development. Um, and I see it now in myself, like I probably am not as interested in books as I could be, um, because of my experience when I was younger, but I think it naturally, I was just like embarrassed to be like, in class and I couldn't see the board and just speak up and be like, Hey, like, I can't see the board. Um, it kind of made me nervous to do that. Um, but then even like my mom would talk about how, um, like we would be outside when we were younger and it'd be like a sunny day and people would be walking like past our house in the neighborhood and like, I couldn't see. So I would like squint at them, but I would squint at them like so crazy that they would think that I'm just like staring at them in like the worst way possible. Um, but those are just like little memories that I know that like I went through and I think the reading development was a big one for me, um, being in class and not being able to see the board and I was afraid to speak up. So sometimes I would miss out on like the content and like looking back on it, I'm like, okay, it really wasn't that serious. I could have just easily moved up to the front of the classroom, but because I was so young and nobody else was going through that problem, I was just like, oh, like, it's fine. (laughs) Like, I'll just guess what the word is (laughs) and just like move on from there. Um, But I mean, there was towards towards the end of 
um, like right before I got the surgery, I got the surgery in fifth grade. Um, so right around that time I was being like, I was being seen by people from the school of the blind and they would come and pull me out of class. So I would miss like some class content just to go do like reading sessions with the people from the school of the blind or like try to use, we were using like magnifying glasses (laughs) to try to read, um, read just like random chapter books. Um, but those are those are just like little experiences that I had. And then post-surgery um, throughout middle school, we did have to have like a second surgery to clear up like the cloudiness um, with a laser. But I mean, aside from that, like my vision has improved immensely. And like at least now glasses help. Um, I'm not I don't have perfect vision by all means, but um, at least I'm not like struggling. And like the book's not like so close to my face. <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> Like, I can at least function now, which is nice. Yeah, I didn't realize that you had a surgery so young. I don't know why I thought you had it in high school. Um, I didn't, this must be, was it, do you remember the surgery at all? Do you remember it being kind of scary for you? I know at a young age, I would be terrified of that. <laughs> so um, was that a little bit nerve wracking? Yeah, it actually was really scary for me because I had never had surgery before. Mm -hmm. And my dad had it when he was younger, like in his 20s or 30s. And he told us that he was like, oh, I got ice cream after. So I was really excited for the ice cream afterwards. But he also said like he woke up in the middle of the surgery. And I don't know if he was saying that just to mess with me. But I was terrified (laughs) that I was going to wake up and they were going to be like drilling into my eye. But honestly, it was it was I was very nervous, but it was great to have like my brothers going through it with me as well. So we all three got the surgery at the same time. Um, They gave us an um, an anesthetics. Is that what is that Mm -hmm. what I say? Yeah, they gave us anesthetics. And honestly, I was like going bonkers in (laughs) the waiting room. I was like, I don't remember any of it, but I was like dreaming, like yelling at my sister about a dress that she probably stole from me. Like, (laughs) And like my parents recorded the entire thing. Um, so that might have been some of the nerves coming out of me because like people I've never seen anybody act the way that I acted. Um, but I mean, afterwards, I felt gr- I mean, obviously, initially, right after surgery, I was out for about like a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it in the summer, but I played sports. So um, I couldn't do like any contact sports and the sun was kind of bothersome. So I remember crying and being like, oh, I can't see. But like, honestly it was just my eyes being like extra dilated mm-hmm. um so I ended up being fine and it was very scary for me initially but like after the first surgery they did one eye at one time and then another eye at, like six months later and like the second time I just went through it like it was nothing so it was overall like a pretty good experience for me yeah is um I know that so you say you have a bilateral um kind of condition of this is that do any of your family members have this condition? Are they do they only have it in one eye, kind of unilateral, or is it all bilateral throughout your family? Um, yeah. So all at least my brothers, myself, and my dad, all of ours is bilateral. I'm not sure about his uh, siblings and what their conditioning condition is. Um, but yeah, all of ours is both eyes. So we all had the surgery and and both. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think that it's really interesting how as far as when I researched, I kind of researched, I didn't really see anything that bilateral, this condition was kind of set apart in its own. I saw a lot of it being 
with other syndromes as well, such as Alport syndrome, which is you kind of have your sense of hearing loss, hearing loss, and also just cataract again, and then um, kind of deafness. So, and also I've seen it, I've looked at, there's some pedigrees of it being seen in families of Down syndrome being passed down um, or anything like that. So it's kind of interesting that this is kind of standalone in your family as far as what what I what I think that the information you have and the information that you've said that this is kind of the case is that right? Yeah, uh, definitely. That it's we haven't seen anything. Um, I don't know anybody in my family that has experienced any of those symptoms. I do know that post surgery, the doctors were really or they are still worried about um, an increase of risk of glaucoma. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you know what the, yeah, you probably know what that is, but um, yeah. So like we have to make sure that like we wear our glasses and that we're getting checked at the eye doctors uh, at least annually um, just to make sure that like, we're not um, increasingly becoming more and more at risk to getting that. Um, but aside from that, that's been the only symptom or like diagnosis that we have come across along with the um, condition. Yeah. Is the glaucoma, is that the test wherever they blow into your eye? Um, I actually don't know. I know that they check our uh, pre- uh, eye pressure, mm-hmm. which is actually terrifying for me. I've actually had so much trauma from the eye doctors oh, yeah. because when we were younger, um, we would be like three, four years old and we were getting like our eyes dilated like every two Mm -hmm. days and I personally hate eye drops and like I can't like I'm like literally forcing my eyes shut so that nobody can like get it but like I've mastered it at this point but just my experience with eye doctors they're not the most friendly doctors Mm -hmm. um, to encounter so um, when they take my eye pressure sometimes they have to like really pry my eye open in order for for them to actually get it um but yeah, um, that's that's all I know about that. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely is a sensitive part, so I can imagine how scary that must be. Yeah, especially kind of just thinking about surgery and everything. It's pretty hard to kind of imagine, as you said, a laser going into your eye or anything. <laughs> I'm sorry that that was a little bit hard for you. Um, is there anything that you were kind of surprised to learn about this condition? Um, I know that. You said you had it pretty young um, and then just moving forward through years, did you learn anything that you really didn't know? Um, I know you said that you had the genetic test, the genetic um, research kind of appointment. And was there anything surprising that you learned within this? Um, I think just the note that it could be more prominent in males. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know like my my brother's I mean, I can only assume I'm no genetic counselor. I'm not even a biology major or anything like that. So I have literally no idea. But um, I can only imagine that my brothers are probably um, probably going to send it down or their kids are probably going to inherit it from them based mm-hmm. off of like my dad and his father and um how prominent it is in males so that's been something that's kind of like interesting for me to learn about because I mean I am the only girl in my immediate family I mean my dad's um half sister also has it but we're the only two that actually ever got it um 
and the for the female side of the family but so that's kind of interesting for me and then um I would also say I think just like how rare it was like mm-hmm. when I was growing up I had no like I was kind of just like yeah I can't see like <laughs> I'm just like the rest of you guys like we're all wearing glasses and like none of us can see but like I didn't really understand the severity of it and like that I was like we they we were classified as legally blind and like mm-hmm. I was just going through like my everyday life like yeah <laughs> I'm just legally blind but like I wasn't I wasn't actually like blind where like I literally couldn't see a thing mm-hmm. But it was just, I don't know, I just feel like the severity of it is definitely something that has surprised me the older that I've gotten and, like, how it has affected my development as a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know whenever you had talked to me about this, kind of when I was asking you before this call, um, what family members have been affected and the way you told me, um, at least from my knowledge, again, I'm not a genetic counselor either, but just kind of by general genetics knowledge it seemed to be following a pattern exactly like x-linked inheritance so I thought it was a really clear example of what you said um the males being mostly affected and everything that you had told me it seemed to be following that pattern um we're kind of at our last minutes here um is there anything else that you wish the general public knew about this condition as you said it's really rare I mean I was also surprised whenever I was looking at research I try to find information about this um before this call and I was surprised to see how little articles there were and how little case studies there were as well so is there anything you kind of wish that maybe someone on the street didn't know about it um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think just like going through like school and like we would have like screenings for like just like eye tests for um, just to like test our eyes like in the middle of the school day. I don't know why we would do that, but um, (laughs) we did that. And a lot of times like my results would be like off the charts, like bad because like I didn't have glasses. Glasses didn't help and I couldn't see. And so a lot of people developed like like misconceptions about me or about my family about my parents and like Mm -hmm. oh like telling my parents like oh they need glasses and stuff like that so I just like like I wish that people would just like one when it comes to medical um things like that like yeah it's it's fine to be worried and like have like an an opinion but also like mind your own business yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like and like I think it's just like it's kind of like it's my my mom was like she's always very upset about how people like treated her like treated my parents during our process because mm-hmm. nobody actually knew the severity of or even knew about like us having the condition which is fine but like don't develop i think like just the general public should just not develop um like narratives or like just misconceptions about people with um medical conditions or even not because like you never know what somebody's going through or like mm-hmm. what's going on in their family so that's just one thing that comes to mind for me yeah I think that's a great standpoint I know I'm, I'm I'm sorry that it was so must be really challenging especially again in elementary school it's hard when other kids don't know exactly as well they just come up with their own ideas as well so I'm sure that was really challenging but um Thank you so much for sharing your experience with me. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. And yeah, thank you so much. Yes, I'm always here. <laughs> I love your podcast. I'm going to share this with everybody I know. So, <laughs> so you can get 
viral. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh, well, thank you. I hope you have the rest, good rest of your day. Thank you so much, Kashish. You as well. Thank you. Bye.